Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. you this morning in the brief time I have, it's almost that time, um, about hearing the voice of the Lord. And um, for a number of years, actually for hundreds of years, uh, the church uh, probably before the Reformation took place, the, the ecclesia the church, Ecclesia of God, uh, was told that, that the only people who can really hear the voice of the Lord is the clergy. And um, the, the body, the, there's no separation, so I'll make a separation for the sake of the lay person, which I don't believe in. I don't even know where we got that word. Um, because you're all ministers. Some of you are way more anointed than me, and that's awesome. I want you to be. Um, but the, the lay person, if I can use that word for now, the lay person was, was um, basically banded from the word of God, and they were told they couldn't hear the voice of God. And so, you know, it's almost like for four, 400 years between the Old and the New Testament, you know, we... Uh, the voice of the Lord, even in the Old Testament where it says the voice of the Lord was rare in those days. And what happened is that the, the enemy shut down the army of God from hearing the voice of God. I want to tell you, I, and I felt like this was not part of what I was going to say, but I felt like I needed to address it for a moment. Um, some of you were raised with fathers who very rarely communicated with you. And especially in our culture, especially um, among certain people groups, it was more uh, work-driven than relationally driven. Does that make sense? And you didn't really have a strong connection with your dad. Your dad maybe didn't know how to connect with you. Some dads, the way they, they show their affection is to buy things. Or uh, they show their affection by saying things like, I work really hard, I provide for you, that should be, that's the very best I can do. Some even say that's enough. I was, re- I was thinking about uh, this morning um, about a wedding that I did uh, many, many years ago, many years ago, not many, many years ago, because <laughs> that would really make me older. Than where I am. But I remember uh, we did <clears throat> the premarital counseling and we were talking about the actual ceremony. So we, I take one whole thing and I talk about the ceremony as it being covenant. And I explain what that ceremony is about. It's more than going to a courthouse. And anyway. So we talked about the giving away of the, of the bride. And so I, I could tell in that conversation that, that that really was impacting the bride. And this person was probably in their middle 30s, probably. Got married late. Don't try and figure out who it is. 
Some of you have been around for a while. You're trying, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Don't figure it out who it is. Just, just let it go, okay? But on her wedding day, that was the first time she experienced her dad, her dad giving her a hug and giving her a kiss. 37 years of not having a connection with her dad. And it wasn't until that wedding, I didn't know what was going to happen. Honestly, I, did, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if she was going to follow. I didn't know what was, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. But the Lord brought that up. And, you know, when we talk about hearing the voice of God, I think the first thing that's vital is, is coming to this realization that God wants to talk to us. That the Father wants to spend time with you. You see, I can live by principles and that's fine. Or I can live by relationships, that's far greater. We know that the Lord can speak to us through his word. And sometimes it's easier, uh, sometimes we think it's easier to follow the, let's just say, for the sake of an example, the, the law rather than the voice. Now, his voice will never supersede what's written in the word. Do we have an amen there? But I felt there was a nudge in my spirit during worship that there are people here who theologically embrace the idea or the the truth that, that the Lord speaks to us. But they don't, they're not confident in approaching God. Because they might feel that the Lord doesn't want to talk to them. And if I could just take a moment, and if you can just bow your heads with me for a moment, I want to pray into this right now. If you're feeling that the Lord, in some way, shape, or form, you know he, he's the God of love, but does he really want to talk and spend time with me? Like, really? Really? Is coming to the Father, in your view, it's something that he's supposed to do, but not quite what he wants to do. And if that's you, I just want to pray over you. It won't be, I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. I'm not going to do any of those kinds of things. I just want to see if I'm on target. If you're feeling that way, when we talk about hearing the voice of God, this has got to be the first step that he wants to talk with you. And he, he's waiting on the edge of his seat for your presence. If you need prayer for God to kind of break into that area, would you kindly slip your hand up? And I want to pray for you. Real high. Just real, real high. Okay, yep, yep. Are there more? I feel like there might be a few more. You just need a breakthrough. Yep, I see it, I see it. I see it, I see it, I see it. So let's just take a moment. Father, we just pray that for those who did lift their hands and for those who didn't, for whatever reason, we pray, Lord, that there'll be a breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. That the Father in heaven longs to spend time with sons and daughters that are in this room. So we break off the lies in the name of Jesus. We break off this performance
mentality, this performance idea that things, if I work hard enough, then the Lord is going to step in and he's going to want to listen to me based on what I've done. And that's just not true. The Lord wants to listen to you based on who you are, not on what you've done. And so, Lord, we just receive. I just want you guys to get a, a picture. I like to, I talk about this a lot, but I, I want you to get a picture of, of the Lord, even Jesus himself, because he's the one we can kind of identify with, smiling. We just get this picture in the New Testament of Jesus working so hard that he actually doesn't smile. Can you just get a picture of the, I just want the Lord to give you an image of him smiling at you and saying to you, I'm proud of you and I believe in you. Can you do that for a moment? Just let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord minister to you. Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He's the great mediator that brings you to the Father's lap. The goal is not Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. That's truth, and that's amazing, but it's to get you to a place where you enter into rest with your heavenly father. Does that make sense? And so, Lord, this, this morning, now this afternoon, we just receive the fullness of the father's love. And we strive, we, we uh, take, we cease, let's just use that word, to strive and to work hard, to perform to get your attention. You, we, we already have your attention. We already have your attention. The Lord says in Jeremiah, I have a plan for you, and that is to give you a hope and a future. Our lives should be lives filled with hope Joy, anticipation for what he's doing in you. So, Lord, we declare that we can't earn it, and we're just tired of striving. Some of you just need to take a deep breath and receive the rest and the joy of the Lord. Just breathe in and breathe out and find a place of rest in the Father. Wow. So, Lord, it is your will, your desire, your heart for the Godhead to speak to us, to speak to me, and to have this communion really nonstop with our Father in heaven. That's the adventure that we have. That's the joy that we experience. And we give you praise in Jesus' name.
Amen. Kind of went a different direction, but that's cool. You got to say, that's cool. All right, good. So let's start in the garden. I mean, the garden of Eden. Just preface that. When God created, uh, God created, you know, let there be light. We have the creation story. And then he said, uh, let us create man in our own image and likeness. So first of all, we are separated from the rest of creation because we're made, you are made, in the image and likeness of God himself. I mean, have you ever asked the Lord, what does that mean? I mean, does the Lord have like brown hair or black hair? I mean, what's, we don't know what the, what the Godhead looks like. We see the image of Jesus. We see the, we see, we recognize Jesus as a man, right? But, but when we're made in his own image and likeness, I mean, there's a lot of ways we can go on that, but I want to just propose something to you. And I've mentioned it before, but it's worth mentioning again. Everything else that God has created is hardwired to do what it's supposed to do. So a tree does a tree thing. A bird does a birdie thing. Dogs do doggy things. They all have like personalities, right? But God has hardwired all this into his creation. We, we you can call it instinct. You can call it whatever you want, but he's hardwired it. And, but he didn't do so with man. He put the hardwiring tools down and said, now let us make man in our own image and likeness. What does that mean? When God created you, God created me, he gave us capacity to communicate with him. I think that's the difference between what God did in the rest of creation and what God did with mankind. First of all, he's given, given us this capacity to communicate with him, and then he's also given with that this capacity for free will, this capacity for love. Because love has to operate in this arena called freedom. Does it not? I know this is super basic, right? Operate in this arena called freedom. So as, as soon as you inter- introduce control, you do away with love. Now, you can make maybe somebody do virtually everything through harsh controlling type of behavior, but you can never make somebody love you. You can make them do a whole bunch of things, but love operates in this place called freedom. So regardless of what you hear about the religions in the, like the Middle East and the control that men have over women and all that, that they, they can have that level of control, but they can never force their wives to love them. And a woman can never force a man to love her. 
Why is that? Because God has put it in us where love has to operate in this place called freedom. He introduced it. The good news is that God has chosen to love us unconditionally. That means that we don't have to perform to receive his love. Oh, come on now. This has everything to do with the voice of God, which I'm sure I'll hit next week. I've been trying to do this message for three weeks in a row, and the Lord just keeps doing this. So God introduces the concept of love, and he, wants, he doesn't want robots, right? He wants lovers. He's looking for people who will love him voluntarily, if I can use that word. Just like you're looking for someone to love you voluntarily. Does that make sense? Nobody wants to try and receive a love that's not authentic. Or no one wants to receive a love that has, that's based on conditions. Men and women want to be chosen out of love. Oh, come on now. It's the same thing that the Father in heaven has done. Jesus said that he has chosen you. The problem with mankind is there are people who just don't understand the love of God and they haven't chosen him, but the offer's still there. By grace, you said yes to the chosen call of the Lord on your life. It was the Holy Spirit who drew you unto salvation, and you're the one that actually had to say yes to God, and when you did, I hope this happened to you. It happened to me. The love of God just came right on in, and I knew I was saved. Does that make sense? I received my salvation by faith, but I experienced the love of God. And nobody can theologically argue me out of it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to argue out, of, argue out of somebody their experience. Oh, you guys, come on. Some of you are really praying for me, like, where's he going? It's all right. Sometimes I don't know either. I'm, a, I'm willing to take the risk, though. So what's important for us this, this afternoon, kind of setting the standard here, the foundation, is that God loves you. He has chosen you. He has an amazing plan for you. He has wired you for relationships, and that separates you from all other creation. He has given you actually a personality that can relate to his isn't that amazing? No, I just want you to say law that for a moment. 
God has put within you the ability to communicate with the uncreated. And then when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he tabernacles in us. The scripture says he he pitches a tent inside of us. So not only has he created us with this amazing ability to communicate with the uncreated, when we receive Jesus into our life as Lord and Savior, now he comes fully into our spirit. Wow. In the Old Testament, it's about keeping the law. It's about regulation. It's about making sure everything's perfect. In the New Testament, Jesus became the law. Come on. And his atoning work on the cross actually frees us from the law into this place called grace. That's a pretty good deal. So we receive... By faith, the love of God when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. What does that mean? That means communication is fully restored to us, and now we can speak to God not through a priest. I don't have to go to a confession box and talk to a priest to talk to God. Jesus is the high priest, right? He's my high priest. He's the one who actually made a way for me to actually access the Father in this Abba relationship. As legalistic as it was in the Old Testament, in the sense of following the law, it was to render us powerless. We can't perform it so that we can understand the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross, and now he has restored this relationship with me back to the Father. So I don't have to strive to receive his love because of what Jesus already did and is continuing to do. So I could talk to him without using King James language. I don't have to get formal. Say, Lordest, thou are amazing. And wither to. You know, like I understand this reverence for the Lord. I understand Revelation 4 and 5. We've preached it for years here. He is holy and completely other than. We have said over and over again, the opposite of the devil is not Jesus. The opposite of the devil is another archangel because Jesus is uncreated. In other words, there's no match. So you have the uncreated living in you. 
making a way for you to communicate to the Father. Well, how should we pray? Pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is constantly working us by the Holy Spirit to the arms of Abba, Father. And he wants to have a relationship with you not based on just reading and doing the word. I had it backwards. Reading and doing the words, which is amazing, but he wants us to have this life-giving relationship that's a continual flow from heaven to earth. I want to tell you, you can have that. I want to, I want to tell you that is more available than you think. But there's a side of us, I'll just say it for me, there's a side of us that wants to perform to earn that right. And I'm telling you, Jesus took care of that. Am I doing okay theologically? Because I can see it right over the top of you guys. I love all you linear people, man, because I like, I like being that, you know. That's everybody in the room. Come on. I'm not leaving anybody out. All right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going to tell you what my wife said. That's why he said, you come to the Father as a child. Sometimes our theology keeps us from his presence. Theology simply means the study of God. Theo means God. Ology means study of. So theology is the study of God. You can't study your way into a relationship. Oh, come on now. That comes through experience. I mean, think of, think of some of your heroes on this earth. There's no way you can study yourself into their, a relationship with them. Whether it's Steph Curry or Draymond Green. <coughs> can't. You can't, even, you can't study yourself into a revival either. I'm not discounting revival history. You just can't study yourself into one. It has to be experienced. It comes through experience. Our relationship with the Lord comes out of experience with him. That requires, I'm not in a hurry, time. And time, these days, is more precious than money. I know money's important, but time is really important. And if we're going to get to this place where we're actively, I, I want you guys to be, all of us, including myself for sure, I want that radio to be dialed in to his presence. 
And I could tell you, I have sometimes that radio on all different kinds of channels, dialing into sports or dialing into, and I'm not in a hurry. I better dial in to a frequency from heaven to earth and stay dialed in during my day. Listen, you don't ever have to undial. Just stay connected. Oh, come on. So I have good news for you. The good news is that there's a father in heaven who has a heartbeat of affection towards you. Your parents might not understand you. Your co-workers might not understand you. Your family, anyway. But there's one who does. And here's what I've understood. A river outside, our, one of our favorite sayings that a river flows to places of least resistance. And that's true. But I'm here to tell you that a river always finds the lowest point. This is why we can be candid with the Lord. We can be honest with God. Because at your lowest point, still, the Lord keeps coming. Well, you don't know about my secret sin. I'm ashamed to even talk to you, Lord. Can we talk about that? Because I can help you. Does that make sense? You don't understand. So what we do is we try and sow fig leaves and hide it. And the Lord is walking with us saying, where are you? Because the river flows to the lowest point, that means I can be completely honest and candid with God, knowing that his love never changes. Does that make sense? You know what that does for me? That provides a lot of hope. That, that, that releases in me because there's no fear of rejection. Because that's what we're afraid of. We know we screwed up. I'll use that. We messed up. There's a little more whatever. So we want to run. That tells me that I don't completely understand his love. If anything, remember, a river flows to the lowest point. And his love is like a river. So if we're going to talk about receiving the voice of the Lord, hearing the voice of God, we better understand, we better have it nailed down that he desires to have relationship with you, not just based on salvation. He likes you. Do you know that? The Lord loves you and likes you. I've heard people say, I love them, but I don't like them. You probably have said it. I've said it. Years ago. I love them because I'm supposed to. But I don't like them. He loves you and likes you. 
Can you receive that? Yes. That the Father in heaven, I mean, the uncre- that's, that's hard to think. That's, that we need revelation of that. Instead of working hard to get the revelation, just say, Father, open up my heart to receive the revelation that you like me. When you approach his throne, it's like the Father nudges Jesus. Here he comes. Holy Spirit, here he comes. He's coming. He's got his coffee. He sees his chair. He's walking toward his chair. We're ready to have some communication, some communion time. Here we go. Sometimes I just open my laptop, check my mail. It's like, sheesh. We're here waiting. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And that could be in a car. That could be, you know. The Lord is not like, I hear too many people talking in Starbucks. I can't hear you. <laughs> and just talk to them. The Lord has an amazing way of tuning everything out. So I want you to be, I want all of us to be receivers, ready to receive. I want, I I feel like this afternoon it was all about helping us understand that the Father is waiting to hear from you and that you're not a burden. You know, I hear people say, you know, the Lord doesn't, he has too many other things to worry about. I mean, there's the government, there's, you know, there's the nations of the world. He don't care about little old. That's a lie. That is so a lie. And that could be actually an excuse. Yeah. When you love somebody... You don't have to be around them. You want to be around them. Uh, there better be a louder amen than that. I know a lot of you are married, and you should have said amen really loud. And your spouse is going to say, what? I know there are seasons where you might feel you have to be around them. I understand. Those should be fleeting, come and go. But if you love somebody, you want to be around them. I'll try it again. If you love somebody, you want to be around them. And love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. Oh, come on now. Love is seeking the highest good for the object of your love. Love has feelings, but it's not a feeling. See, like I need to be talking about this more often. (laughs) Uh, Now, let's stand. That's it for today. Pick this up next week. I guess we have a small group uh, something. E-group. E-group standby things. Huh? 
Meet and greet. E group meet and I you know, Caitlin, you guys know Caitlin? Uh, wow, the few of you do. The, the applause kind of stopped, right? I was noticing that. You guys know Caitlin? Awesome. She's my, she's my assistant. That's the reason why I'm bragging on her. I think here's the challenge. I just... Will you spend time with your father this week? You know, you can spend time with someone or you can spend quality time with someone. Would you spend quality time? Because if you're like me, and if you don't spend quality time, you feel like there's a hole somewhere in your heart. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I'm a, I'm a much nicer person when I spend time with God. I'm a nice person anyway, really, I am. I'm pretty even keel. But I'm just saying that I, I tend to be a much nicer person when I have this encounter with the Lord. And he's waiting for you. Oh, he's waiting for you. You know, if, when you have kids, you understand a father's heart a little bit more. You know, my daughter is up at Beth School of Ministry up at Bethel, and she comes down. I'm waiting for her to come down. Back home for Christmas. When I see my grandchildren, there's something about a dad's heart. There's an affection. And ours is so imperfect, his is so glorious. So I just want to encourage you with this. This is really what I want to leave you with. Just consider. It does say in Hebrews that now we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Not based on your works, based on his. And that he is longing with affection to spend time with you. He's not a dad who bases everything on performance. So we break shame off of you in the name of Jesus. And for our Asian friends, I know there are, I've heard from you often this performance-based culture that you have been raised with. I just want to, my heart goes toward you. I just want to say that you could approach the Father without performing or feeling that you have to perform in order to gain access to his presence with joy. Does that make sense? That he loves you. So some of you push the doors open and say, I'm here, I'm here, but you don't see a smiling father. What you see is a God who's maybe a little stern with you and pointing his finger at you and telling you you should have done this and you should have done that and you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's just like all you want is a hug. Can I just be honest? So I just want you to receive that today. Let's just, let's take a moment. Take the hand of the person next to you. Let's pray together.
Would you just take a moment and, and pray for the person on your left and your right that they would have a amazing encounter with a loving father this week. Just that, that they would open up their word, that they would be driving down the road, what, whatever it is, that the love of the Lord would find them and they would begin to begin this amazing communion with the Lord. Just pray for the person on your left and right. That's, it's a simple prayer. Just If you don't know what to pray, just say, oh, Father, encounter the person on my left and my right. Just, just make yourself known to them. May they hear your voice. May they approach you with boldness. May they get a revelation of how much you want to spend time with them. Though you're holy, though you're the uncreated, though you're the all-powerful, omniscient, holy one of heaven, you're also very personal and you're a dad. So Lord, I pray over this house, I pray over all of us, me included, definitely, that we would come into this place of genuine encounter. God, I pray that this week would be our greatest week in God that we've ever had, that we've ever had, that we've ever had. Lord, I pray that they would experience, all of us would experience the affections of your heart, that you're for us and not against us, that you have a hope and a future in store for us, that we don't have to perform, we can just rest in your presence. I pray for a, I pray for a heavenly rest this week as we get before you. I pray, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven, that there would be some supernatural impartation that would take place out of this place of communion, out of this place of communion. And Lord, I pray for changed lives. I pray for a changed dad. I pray for a changed mom. I pray for a changed husband. I pray for a changed wife. I pray for a changed student. Whatever it is, son and daughter, Lord, I pray that you would change us, that you would change us. And Lord, let us be marked by your presence. God, let it be for us adults, but Lord God, let it trickle down to our children, that they would have encounters in the night, that they would see dreams, that they would, they would poise themselves towards the heart of God. I pray you would raise up people of presence, people, Lord God, who are communicating with you. Lord God, all of heaven, all of heaven is open to us. All of it. All of it. There's a heart of a father that's affectionately drawn toward us like we're the only person on the earth. Release it over us, Lord. Okay, let's sing that rhyme. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.